No, no, I think Breakthrough TV gives bad, bad, bad broadcasting a good name. You're listening to Con Air Radio. Stop whining. It's about to begin. (laughs) All right, we are back with another episode of Con Air Radio. And guys, guess what? It is October. Yes, that's right. And of course, we are your hosts. We got Artab. That's me. We got Cameron, the film dropout. How's it going? Our uh, resident criminologist and nerd boobs. Token nerd boobs. Token nerd boobs. Everyone else is a nerd nerd boob. I'm the token nerd boobs. You're the token nerd boobs. Of course, that's Jessica. And of course, the big furry fat guy, Haggard Haggard, Jared himself. How's everybody doing this week? Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Solid. I'm alive. You are alive. You, you've had a rough one. I have. September is done. I'm done with September. Yeah. I know you, you threw your knee out of socket. Yeah, September was so last month ago. Oh, I know. Yeah, let's not even get <laughs> into so the drama. Uh, yeah. You know, if you mentioned socket, I just wanted to mention this. I tried to put on my Deadpool socks this, this morning. Nah, not going to work. Oh. <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah, oh, actually, they've oh. already been stolen from me. No! <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was, like, wearing my Captain America socks around the house. They are so warm and fuzzy. I am, like, just beyond pleased. It, it took me, like, 20 minutes to get past the, the first four by <laughs> toes. So, like, so for those of you that are a little confused as to what we're talking about, last uh, the last show, uh, two weeks ago, two weeks ago, we actually uh, got a couple of boxes from superhero crate dot com i have to redeem myself superhero crate yes (laughs) Yes. not loot crate superhero crate we don't talk about but uh if you guys if you guys want to make sure you check out superhero crate.com i believe there's two different plans there's uh yeah the premium the basic basic is i think 17 dollars Premium is about $20. And didn't they put up a coupon specifically for our listeners? Uh, no, no not yet, but that was, I found out that was for Labor Day, but we are in talks with them, oh. hopefully getting a, getting a code out. Well, we were discount tight. code? Discount code, so we'll keep, your, keep your ears open, because we might be getting a discount code. Ooh. So, now, for those of you that have been actually paying attention, we got uh, somebody special in the... Uh, in the show with us, Cameron, why don't you go ahead and introduce our guest? Uh, the renowned Amber Skies. Woo! I've been hiding here the whole time waiting for my turn to talk. <laughs> Cos- cosplayer extraordinaire. You have like, to wait. Oh, <laughs> you have to wait. You're too good to me, man. I'm just, I'm just really happy to be here. I've, I've heard of you guys. Your name's been thrown around so many times in the circuit, and I was wondering when it was my turn. Like so it. I'm really excited to reach out to me. Thanks for having me. Oh, of course. Yeah, I mean, I talk about you. So. I, I feel like the popular kid guy. <laughs> it's all right. I've heard some oh things gosh. about us too, but I can't mention. Well, I, I, I got to say, I've actually been doing a pretty big, pretty big push this past uh, couple, this past week. Totally. Past week, I got a couple of a uh, couple of ideas thrown around. I'm doing like deals of the day, like like what's up. Like uh, yesterday was Tell Me Tuesday. Nice. Tell me your favorite superhero, supervillain. Today is Watch Out Wednesday. What are you mm-hmm. looking forward to? And uh, tomorrow's going to be something special. You guys just have to tune in to something find out. Something special day. Something, something special. special day. Yeah. Something So, uh, Amber, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's a good time. Um, I don't know. I guess we, we've got a lot to, to sort of talk about, but yeah, I'm also a huge babbler, so we could just kind of shoot the breeze about anything, and I'd be, and I'd be super excited. We well, have to be out of the building by 7.30. Nah. <laughs> that's just like... I don't think we're going to make that. A big... Uh, <laughs> Oh yeah, I could go on for hours. So. Well, well, let's go ahead and get it started. Uh, so you know, we know you do you do cosplay. No, I don't. You don't? No. Why no, are you here? It's just it's all head cannon. Like it's all my own head. Just, uh, everyone is in like elaborate fantasy all the time. You know. I like that. That's well, incredible Photoshop. I like it. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> it's all alive. Those are my pieces. But yeah, I, I actually dress up on the internet. That's like my it. moniker. Yeah. So so what what was your what was your first? Okay, so. For a lot of people, cosplay started in different ways. If we're talking like very first nerd thing, it's when I dressed up as Frogger when I was two years old for my Halloween costume. 
That's pretty awesome. <laughs> Cars and all, like I was the Frogger, and then like it was it was elaborate. So so somebody got you started young. Very very young, very young. So if we're if we're counting Halloween, that would guess be where it started, and then um, along the way it just turned into more and more elaborate Halloween costumes. I guess you could assume. I've always been an actor. I've always been a creator. I make junk out of anything I have lying around my house. Um, I'm all about taking something that would appear to be garbage or useless to somebody else and transforming it into something super new. Um, nice. And I come from a long line of artists in my family, so we're just very weird and hands-on and crafty with just anything we can get our hands on. So um, began with, I guess we could say, an elaborate Halloween costume. Sergeant Calhoun from Wreck-It Ralph was the very first true cosplay um, that nice. I built from scratch. And it was a bunch of my friends in college. They were like, Wreck-It Ralph had just come out. I'm a huge Disney freak. And the one character came in, and so I literally invited myself into their costume room, and I was like, guys, 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 I want to play. So in this whole time in between, I'd been attending Phoenix Comic Con, I'd been, you know, running the con circuit, and getting jealous, and being like, why does everyone else get to dress up and I don't? And so I started to make that realization of, oh, they make this stuff, oh, they can buy this stuff too, oh, this is something people do more than just one weekend a year. So um, it's how I kind of learned about cons and, and what they are now. Uh, so Halloween came around, the costume got made, I slaved in my kitchen cutting up old Spartan armor that was from like the crappy Halloween store, oh, wow. and old <laughs> trash cans, and like, for some reason in my theatrical costume shop, my teacher in college had a sheet of Thermoplex, uh, excuse me, Wonderflex, it's the thermoplastic where you heat it up and it's kind of like war blood. So wow. I had no idea what that was, all I had was a label and I googled it, and the world was my oyster. Oh, <laughs> and there's wow. so much stuff about thermoplastics out there. So I just, I crash course like through my head, uh, face first into all of this crazy shit. And uh, it, out came a suit of armor with LEDs. Don't really know how that <laughs> happened, uh, especially since it was just made so poorly in hindsight, but it was cool. And I decided to wear a Phoenix Comic Con. And that was about four or five years ago now. Uh, I, that I first one came out. actually remember seeing pictures of it. Yeah, yeah, from like my yeah. very first, like baby's first big con. So <laughs> that was, that was what it was. It was an elaborate Halloween costume and then I just fell head over heels for it ever since. And it's just gotten crazier and, you know, bigger ever since. So you, so you're, you're pretty much like a, like a self-taught. Yeah. Oh yeah. So everything uh, that I make is just me either YouTubing how to do it or trial and error or my dad and I sitting in my kitchen going, okay, we need to make this pile of junk into this uh, machine gun or, you know, anything. So we, we build, we alter a lot of things. Um, and yeah, it, it is all self-taught. A lot of my skill I think actually comes from my background in painting. I've been a painter my whole life. Um, so I can make anything that looks like junk. If you give me a couple of shades of paint, I can highlight and low light the crap out of it and make it look like it's semi-professional, I guess you could say. But, um, yeah, so it's, awesome. it's good. I like that. Uh, what decisions, um, do you make before committing to an idea? Because it looks like you put a lot of effort into each one of your yeah. costumes. So what, what are some of the, like, ways about, um, go about deciding if you want to take on that. I just have to be commit, hopelessly in love. Sure. Yeah, I have to be hopelessly in love with something. And a lot of those things stem from Disney. <laughs> I worked at Disneyland, and so it's just kind of hardwired into me. So a lot of those really elaborate and insane things that you see come from just, like, my stupid fangirlisms. Um, and if I see something and fall in love with it on screen or in a game or something, I'm like, oh, my God, I need to be that, even if it's not something that a person can physically be. And we'll get to that later on, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I'll take animals. I'll take little, like, sentient things and I'll humanize them so um I just kind of really love the weird characters I love the things that people don't pay attention to and I love the background characters so they may not be front and center they may not be the center of the show or of the game but they're still important and I like <laughs> this weird sick thing where I just really want to be the only person to have done something and to have done it right so I is, is the challenge part of it for you to where like oh that looks like it would be kind of uh, yes. Like daunting to, to do and then yeah. to like get all the satisfaction from getting it done. Oh, I love it. I love the challenge. And um, I like to constantly just like push my own buttons to piss myself off and then like make it get better as time goes on. Um, yeah, so I, I love seeing something that I think I can't do and then proving myself otherwise. Uh, and that's a lot of what you've yeah. seen so far is me having zero experience in something and then just kind of diving into it and wasting a lot of money, a lot of resources sometimes because things don't go according to plan. And Correct. I have this thing and it sucks because 
I cannot half-ass something to save my life. And I wish I had the power to do so because I would love to not care so much. It just keeps me up at night if I know that I didn't do my best on something for myself and especially for somebody else. Like when I take commissions, if it's not a thousand percent my best, it just drives me berserk. So oh, the, the, the curse of the perfectionist. Yes, yes. And it's like, you know, perfectionist missed with the fact that like, yes, I'm an artist and I'm proud of what I do. And like, God, my family name is like kind of on the line here with this. I got to make sure that it looks decent before I let somebody else, you know, have it. So. Right. So, um, so I know you, you were talking about, uh, you do, you do do commissions as well. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I, not as frequently as I would like, um, mm-hmm. because the day job being a teacher kind of interferes with that. I teach third grade on top of all of this other crazy world that I'm a part of. And I do freelance, you know, acting as some of the Disney princesses and princess companies and all that fun stuff. But, um, yeah, so I, I would love to spend more time on the creation mm-hmm. process, but it's usually kind of sandwiched in between all of the other crazy obligations that I've drunk myself into. Right. Yeah. So what's a cosplay you're planning that might be a little terrifying? Oh, God. You know what? I just probably finished one of my most terrifying. Um, I don't know if that was a question later on, if you wanted to kind of dive into it. So <laughs> I, I most recently created a literal, like, lava goddess from Moana, Oh, I saw. So I made. There's these two characters in Moana. I don't know if anyone's like seen the movie or not, but um, there's a goddess of like the land and life, and then there's like the goddess of like death and fire and destruction and all this fun stuff. And naturally, when a friend of mine approached me and was like, "Hey, D23, that Disney convention's coming up. Do you want to do the two goddesses? Which one do you want to be? Well, what do you think Amber picked? <laughs> why, why be a pretty green like living thing when I could be a little like sentient volcano?" So I quite literally made myself into a sentient volcano. I had a giant hoop skirt. I hand carved all of these crazy mountain tips out of foam. And like, I just explored all these mediums that I've been dying to. And I hand puzzle pieced together an entire bodysuit, lit it with LEDs, made a mask. Like it was wild. And I, you can't even tell it's me. I know. I, I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually looking yeah, at the picture right yeah, now. Yeah, it's insanity, dude. I really don't even know what happened there. I just kind of like blacked out and woke up and it was finished one day. Uh, I was going to say, do you have any idea what the total hours on it were? <laughs> oh God. Like probably like a solid 200 hours over the course of two, three months of me like, you know, fiddling away at it. And, you know, you start off a costume thinking, oh, I have so much time. Like, that's not till the summer. I'll get there. And then the night before, you're crying until 4 a.m. trying to like, finish everything. See, like, oh, my God. Like, that would be a Twitch mod. Something that you can click going, all right, project started. Yeah, literally. <laughs> you film yourself going through all this. Just stop, start, stop, stop Yes, stop. yes. And that's totally, like, I can understand why Twitch totally keeps people accountable that way. Because mm-hmm. you can't piss away your time. Because people are waiting on you to do something productive. So, mm-hmm. I feel like that would help me if I actually held myself accountable. Oh, yeah. Way. But, yeah, I would say, honestly, probably about 200 hours. And on top of all of the foam work that I did, because I hand puzzle piece all the little lava cracks together, I went over the top of it with a puppy paint, which added, like, that lava shiny, mm-hmm. just the, like, texture that kind of lava rock is. And I went through, again, me and painting. I hand painted all of the little lava work on the inside crevices. So, I, I, I got, insanity. Yeah, I got to say, I've, I've seen that costume on probably, like, 12 different... Oh. Uh, Twelve different outlets, like uh, like uh, professional vloggers Thank that actually you. go to like these conventions, oh, man. and I'm like, I, I when I found out it was you, I was like, oh wow, we're interviewing her in like a week. <laughs> oh my god, I'm like, wow. That's but, one of the reasons why I started looking at the fan fa- uh, fan fest stuff because yeah. I'm like going, past interviewer, <laughs> nope, she's on my list. She's on my list. Yeah, she's you're like, like, I got the whole list. Like, mm-hmm. We got almost all the cosplayers <laughs> from oh, fan fest. It was fest insane, and so normally I guess to go back to that other question, like how do I decide to tackle something so intense? It's usually I can talk myself out of most things, I guess. If you're like Amber, literally calm down, you can't pull that off. Like I had a moment <laughs> where I really wanted to a moment, a couple of weeks period. I get obsessed with things, so like I can't let the idea go until call it. I have like a bug in my butt, like a cosplay bug. I'm like I gotta do it. Thankfully, I let that one go. I wanted to make Maz Kanata from Star Wars. Oh. I wanted to build a giant prosthetic headpiece with the two little eyes and then the big glasses. And I was going berserk, like trying to figure out how I was going to do this thing. And I eventually talked myself off a ledge, and I was like, Amber, calm down. Like, we don't need to be the tiny little grandma alien from Star Wars. It'll be fine. But I guess with Takeoff, because I was with somebody else and they were holding me accountable of like, if I don't get this shit done, somebody else doesn't get to like live their dream. Because the whole purpose. I guess if I was doing that, was we were going to compete at this costume contest. It was the D23 Expo 2017 Masquerade, Mousquerade, I guess you could call it. Yeah. Silly, but. How did that, how did that end up? <laughs> well, um, as good as it possibly could have, but there's a really fun story behind that if you want to hear it. Oh, yes. how we got there. Oh. Who doesn't want to hear that story? <laughs> <laughs> 
So we were going to compete in the contest. Obviously did. We'll get to the result here in a little bit. But the story of how we got to the morning of the competition is a terrifying tale in and of itself. So once upon a time, Amber put in her paperwork with Disney saying, hey, I want to be a part of this contest. Since it is Disney, they're really intense with their, like, you know, non-disclosure agreements, their paperwork. You pretty much have to sign your life away to them if you want to step up on that stage. Right. So I had to send in crazy paperwork, get it, like, certified mail. They had to get, like, um, what's that word? Like Notarized. Door, notarized. I had to get notarized by, like, a person and say that, yes, I am who I say I am, and yes, I give my consent to be on every media outlet ever. So sent in the paperwork months in advance. They email me saying, yep, we got it. We'll email you information when it gets closer to time. For the competition, I said, okay. Gets to D23, still haven't gotten any sort of email, so I just assumed, okay, well, the morning of the competition doesn't start till 11. I'll just get there at, like, 8 or 9 to be safe. And I'm like, gives me plenty of time. I'll figure out what's going on on the spot. <laughs> I'm in my hotel room, uh, in my pajamas, getting ready for the day, and I get a call at about 7.30 in the morning from my teammate, the green goddess of the, of the duo. And she goes, hey, where are you? <laughs> And I'm like, I don't like that sentence. What are you talking about? Where am I? I'm in my hotel. It's literally 7.30 in the morning. She goes, Amber, we're going back for pre-judging literally right now. Where are you? And I have never started crying so instantaneously in my entire <laughs> life. Um, and my heart fell out of my ass. I was like, no, no, like, there has to be some mistake. Like, it doesn't start until later. She's like, we, I'm in line right now for pre-judging. You need to get here now. I'm not dressed. I've got nothing. My costumes and pieces on the floor, and I'm now hysterically crying. <laughs> so thank God for my girlfriend over here, Alyssa. She was in the hotel with me along with a couple of her friends. They threw all of my stuff together, um, and I'm still, like, inconsolable. Run me out the door, and somehow, by the grace of whoever, I managed to get to the convention center. We get the very last parking spot in the entire parking garage, mind you. It's on the sixth floor, the very last spot. We're sprinting down the stairs. I stripped naked at the top of this uh, apartment or not, this parking complex. I threw on my bodysuit because, thank goodness, the actual costume itself doesn't require any makeup. So mm -hmm. it's, it's really easy to put on once it's put on. So I threw the bodysuit on. I'm running. Like, you see my little white legs. Like, there's nothing underneath the dress. <laughs> so I'm just, like, sprinting. Alyssa's got a box full, a U-Haul box full of all my mountain tips, the ones that I told you I carved, because they all get attached individually to this giant hoop skirt. It's a mess. <laughs> so we're running. We cut about a thousand people in line. There are people waiting in a line outside the convention center, like wrapping around the building. We sprint up to the front of security and go, we need to get inside. We're here for the masquerade. And they're like, you need to go. <laughs> so they let me cut in front of all of these people. We're sprinting up escalators, trying to find where we're supposed to go. And I literally made it there within five minutes of standing in line and walking up for prejudging. And from that point on, the rest of the day was a whirlwind. I was, like, blacked out from not having eaten anything. And I was like, I just need to survive this day. On top of that, I had never done a true costume test in that outfit. And with my mask on, my own breath, um, since it was a full face coverage mask, was circulating back up into my eyes and fogging out my lenses. So on top of being so hungry I couldn't move, so tired that I was just like a zombie, I couldn't breathe or see either. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So I was fogged in like my little sunglass lenses and I couldn't even see out of what I was doing. I had a fog machine that attached to my dress and all this wild stuff. So we made it in time with five minutes to spare, went back for pre-judging, then the actual costume contest started. So then the crazy part is, is despite my insane morning, we ended up taking not only first in heroes and villains category, which was our category that we were placed in, mm -hmm. but then they put us back up on stage with all of those different winners from the different categories of the contest, and they gave us best in show out of yeah. literally like a hundred competitors, and we were just like beside ourselves because my poor teammate, she got up at like four in the morning to start body painting herself, oh. and then my ass rolls out of bed like 15 <laughs> minutes before, <laughs> sprinting to the parking lot like, where's the thing? And <laughs> I was just a dipshit and apparently didn't get the memo. So <laughs> it worked out quite literally as best as it possibly could have because there's no better way that that could have turned yeah. out. Yeah. Wow. Thank God for my friends that picked my sorry ass up when I uh, failed miserably. Oh so that is the fun story behind how D23 actually, actually went Well, congratulations. Yeah. That actually goes into my next question. Oh, yeah, sweet. So you won D20. Yes. Best in show. Yeah. What other kind of uh, awards and accolades have you won for oh, your... Cosplays. Um, so that was probably the biggest of because course. they blasted D20. me all over D23. It was like a huge deal. They blasted me all over the internet. Um, what's even cooler is I had the chance 
um, to be a part of a parade after the fact. So they whisk me off stage, they run me down the service elevator, and then before I know it, I'm standing down on the floor of the convention center. They bought me out to the center of the walkway, and they go, hey, you're leading the parade, go. Mind you, still can't see, still can't breathe. And then they're like, walk that way. And I'm like, okay. So I'm just in my giant lava demon thing. And <laughs> I, I look behind me and I hear paint me. And there's a little car driving behind me. I turn around, who is it? Stanley. <laughs> and I'm like, mind you, can't see. You can't even see it's my face. So I just start bowing. And, I'm like, oh, and he's like, waving at me like a little guide. I'm like, oh God, okay. So, as if it couldn't get any better, another Phoebe comes up behind him. And who is it? Literally Luke Skywalker. Oh. <laughs> Literally Mark Hamill's chilling in a car. And he does the finger guns at me and goes, nice. <laughs> and mind you, I'm just crying and I'm asking, oh, I'm like vomiting. And I'm like, oh my God, it's like actual Mark Hamill. So, and he finger gunned you. And he finger gunned me. <laughs> That's a ticket to my grave. Like, if nothing else happens in my life, at least I got finger gunned by Mark Hamill once. So. That's sweet. But that was that was the end of the day. So I guess that was that was like the pantheon of of, of cosplay competitions for nice. me. My stomach needs me to ask you, did you ever get food? Yes, I did. I did. Someone gave me a bagel. Oh, yes, yeah, someone gave me a bagel. They were like, you need to something about this. <laughs> so, but we were busy. We were busy from 11. The competition ended at 3, and we didn't get free to go enjoy the show until like 6 o'clock at night. Oh, wow. So That's at that word, point, we're standing in line. Yeah, we're standing in line for like the burgers and like really crappy con food, and I had a chance to like actually sit down for a second and go, <laughs> and start giggling <laughs> and process what had happened in the day. So wow. I just, I was so insanely thankful. I would have never in my life imagined such a dope thing would happen. And there are so many and talented and incredible costumers that I was standing next to mm-hmm. that that could do things that I never in my life could do. I am not good at sewing. And there are these girls like dressed up as like Queen Amidala and like her giant like hair piece and it's amazing stuff. And I'm just like so humbled to think that, oh wow, they really liked my cut for almost that much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh sure. Like I was like so humbled just to and people I was a huge fan of, but I was like standing alongside and looking at and I find that that's a reoccurring theme with with me going through all of this is I'm so like appreciative and like just so fangirly of other people that like I couldn't for a second like get up on my high horse because I'm just happy to be here at the end of the day so despite the fact that like it literally went so well I just had to be so careful of like okay people are real upset about this and it's a common courtesy thing first off but I just really couldn't care less because I'm just happy to be at Disney so it was it was awesome um I, again, roundabout conversation. I'll go back to that. The last, again, that was my, that was my top, I would say. My next one actually happened only like two months before that, weirdly enough. It was Phoenix Comic Con 2017. Um, I had an amazing opportunity to work with Marvel, and I know we wanted to come back to that in a Yeah, that's moment. exactly what I wanted to ask about. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to, do you want to ask anything for... Well, 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 uh, just specifically what the event was, because I wasn't clear on what it was, sure. and how they did, was there a story about how they found you, like yeah. what what just what basically what was your, you know how you describe your D twenty two experience, how was the Marvel right? Experience? So how does Marvel happen? Okay, so never in my life also could I imagine myself sitting here on these lovely microphones with you talking about how I worked with Marvel, but I did. I got put on their payroll. It was official. I was like, what the fuck? So um, yeah, the dreams do come true. In the oh morning. yes, but uh, <laughs> that so, would be an awesome paycheck, Marvel. Mm. Oh my god, I literally kept the pay stub. I took a picture of it and I like whited out everything and I was like, Whoa! like just for the fact that like I got a check from Marvel once my Marvel awesome. Studios and I was like, oh my god. Life is here, so if everything comes underneath it, but I will die happy, it's fine. Um but so what happened was is when Guardians of the Galaxy one first came out all those years ago, what all those years ago, no, probably like three years yeah, ago. Three years. Ancient times. Ancient times. <laughs> Media goes so fast and like I can't even keep track of what was recent. Feels like a bit. It does. It mm-hmm. does. There's so much junk going on. But um, the first Guardians of the Galaxy film that came out, I was supposed to be a part of a really big group of everybody creating the Guardians of the Galaxy just for fun. It was, I think it was like Phoenix Comic Con like 2015 or something like that. We were all going to be a part of this group. It was going to be fun. We had a Drax. We had a Starler. We had a Groot. We had a Rocket. We had everybody. We had a Gamora. And they were like, oh, you know, there's this one more character in Nebula. And, of course, me being me, liking the weird characters, I was like, I'll do that one. Mind you, she had, like, one line in the whole movie. <laughs> I'm looking at this blue alien going, I feel like there's more to her story. But they wouldn't include her in this film if she only had one line for no reason. So mm-hmm. I kind of forced on. I was like, oh, okay, she's going to be important later on. So if I invest myself in this now and get good at it, I kind of have a feeling she'll be more useful later on. And sure enough, she is. But um, so Guardians 1, we had this plan for a big, giant group. Um, and by the time it actually got to Comic-Con, the, the, the second we started deciding on this group, first off, I got 
again, a bug in my butt, ran out, went and bought all my supplies, and I started right away. I was like, yeah, it's going to be great. By the time it gets to Comic-Con, it's like two weeks out, I email everybody and go, hey, I'm so excited. Are we going to compete? What's going on? And every single person <laughs> had dropped out of the group and not told me. Oh. So every single person, like everybody, and I was left alone with this Nebula costume, and I was like, well, <laughs> no one's going to know who this is by myself. So I started shopping around for people, and that's um, – the kind of scoping out Instagram and Facebook and just the community around me, I noticed, oh my gosh, there's this girl, Sarah, Sarah Moni Cosplay. She's incredible. And now one of my very best friends, she had a Gamora. And I was like, okay, she's really pretty and cool. Maybe if I ask nicely, she'll let me come stand next to her. <laughs> so I make more sense at Comic-Con. And so this beautiful like friendship blossomed ever since. And quite literally, we're like sisters now. And we do all sorts of cosplays together. But because I was like a brave girl and I like reached out, I was like, be my friend. Um, she agreed. And so that was the first time we ever took Gen 1, we call them like version 1 of Nebula and Gamora from the first movie. Those photos did really well online. We didn't expect that either because I guess no one really tackled nebula before there was like one girl in the netherlands who had done it who had like actually shaved her head and all this like cool crazy stuff and i was like oh i can't stop that but i can try so there was only one person that had ever done it so we found a little niche and we were like okay if we like milk this if we keep going and take more pictures i think people are really gonna like it we didn't think anyone would come from it of course so we wore it to a couple of events wore it to phoenix comic-con the more people saw it the more they were like yeah nebula and gamora well, the Big Bang came when it was Phoenix Comic Con Fan Fest, and we found out that Karen Gillan was going to come as a guest mm -hmm. to Comic Con Fan Fest. And we were like, holy God, we need to dress up and go visit Karen. Um, and so I literally drove from California, because at that time I was working in Disneyland in Anaheim. I drove the five and a half hours to come back to Phoenix to get ready for four hours to go and meet Karen at this show. So we go there, and we come around the corner, we waited our turn in line. There's all these Doctor Who people, and then us. Like standing there in a sea of movies. And we get around the corner and Karen looks at us and then she looks at me and she goes, Holy shit, it's like looking into a mirror. And she was like, Oh my god, and like her cute little Scottish accent. She, she runs up, wraps her arms around me, and it's like, Oh my god, like looking at all my details and my soul left my body in that moment. And I was like, <laughs> And so we have the most hilarious pictures like ever taken of us derping around with Karen. <laughs> because there was actually a really incredible, generous photographer who flipped the flipped the bill for us to go and like meet her. He bought 11 photo shoot slots for us just to shoot the breeze with her and hang out. He wanted to hop in one, but he, I guess, had a lot of money to spend and was like, here, I just want to do this so I can watch you guys have fun. And we were like, okay. So so we have literally like eight to 10 pictures of us just in different, like grotesque, like dirt faces with Karen Gillen. And then those photos went a little bit viral. And she reposted it on Twitter and all this stuff and was talking about us like, oh my God, look at this, it's just so cute. My terrible Scottish accent, mind you. <laughs> so, so she was a gem and a half. And I was like, wow, this is like really, like we met the actress. She tweeted about us, like this is crazy. And then James Gunn liked the pictures on Instagram. And we were like, holy crap, okay. Guess we should keep doing this then and hope there's a sequel. Sure enough, announcement for the sequel comes out. And we're like, yeah, baby. So um, I wore Nebula after that to San Diego Comic-Con. So I managed to get myself into the mecca of cons. Mm -hmm. It was like, the ultimate. So I went and dressed as Nebula and I found out on the fly when I was there, Sarah couldn't come. I was just by myself. Um, there was a Marvel costume contest going on just at their booth casually. So I was like, Oh, what could it hurt? What could it hurt? I'll just go and show them what I made. It'll be fun. And I go in and I get up on stage. They do the whole thing. And they asked me to wait for last, which I was like, this is a good sign. So they had me wait for last. I went up with a random Gamora that I didn't actually know. And they ended up giving me best in women's category at San Diego Comic-Con at this wow. little, this little show that they were doing. And I was like, holy crap. Thanks guys. And I came off the stage and there was this, you know, guy that walked up to me and he was like, Hey, amazing job. I love your outfit. And I said, thank you so much. Not really knowing who I was talking to because, you know, a lot of people take their pictures at San Diego. So mm -hmm. I was like, thank you very much. Well, I go on to Instagram later, and his name is Andy Park. He is the lead um, graphic designer slash artist slash concept guy for all of Marvel Studios. Um, and he goes, yeah, no, I made Nebula. <laughs> and I'm like, bark noises. Um, so nice to meet you. Thank you. This also coming from the same person who didn't know who John DiMaggio was while she was talking to him. Mm, yeah, no, I did not no. know who I was talking to when I met John DiMaggio either. Now, kind of funny. You couldn't thing. hear Bender in voice? No, no. I was dressed up as Kim Possible. And so he goes, ah, Kim Possible. And I'm like, wow, you really sound like him. And the funny, the funny <laughs> thing was, when you did the fan fest, yeah. 
yeah, yeah. I was actually in the line next Stop. to you. No, you were not. Oh my god. I, I couldn't. I, I I was sitting there going, I said, oh yeah, there's oh yeah, there's, there's Karen, and I should, I'm telling my wife because uh -huh. she has no idea who anyone is. <laughs> uh, and I'm sitting there going, oh yeah, that's Karen. She's from Guardians of the Galaxy, and she does Doctor Who and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, she just jumps out from behind the table and she goes scooting out into the yes! into the crowd, and I'm like, what? Oh, oh! <laughs> she saw me and Kara standing there, so she was signing autographs after that. So we went and took our pictures that we had just taken, hopped in line for autographs, and she was like, "Come here!" So we were like, "Oh, we're cutting people, okay." Like, but oh man, that was that's cool. so funny. Look at you yeah. and I, all these years later, here we are. <laughs> what a life we've lived. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so again, really long story, and I apologize for my long this. No, no, I go. could go on forever, but um, so that was meeting Karen. San Diego happened. I met Andy Park, and I was like, "Oh my god." So I was like, okay, so now that I've like made this little mark, I'm just hoping there's a sequel. And then the announcement came up that there was a sequel, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. So I scoured for any sort of concept art. I to the point of where there were movie displays, like cardboard ones that were up at like Harkin Theaters, and I was buying tickets to go to the movies so I could stand and take detail shots of the cardboard cutout in, in the movie theater because there was no art at all mm -hmm. that had been released of her new outfit. And which we later found out is the Red Ravager costume, but we didn't know that at the time. We just saw she's in this cool red space suit. And I was like, that would be really cool to make. But it was also a lot of effort to make Nebula one. So I was like, eh, it may not bother. I'll just keep the first version. Then I get the most exciting email of my entire life. <laughs> um, So-and-so at marvel.com. And I looked at it and I went, this must be spam. Like, what the heck? Like, there's no way in hell that like somebody from Marvel is emailing me. So I opened it up and it was like video opportunity. Hey, Amber, we remember you from San Diego Comic-Con a couple of years back when you hopped up on stage and did our costume contest. We were Instagramming around and searching for somebody dressed as Nebula, and your pictures came up. So I guess hashtagging works sometimes. Yes. <laughs> they were like, you're the first search for Nebula on Instagram. And I'm like, really? Thanks. So it was this incredible lady, and she is the YouTube manager for all of Marvel. Like, she uploads and manages everything, like the media lady. It's the one person everybody wants to find. Yeah. I literally, she is the one person everyone wants to be friends with. And uh -huh. I was like, oh, my God, she's reaching out to me. And I recognized her face when I, like, kind of stalked her on Facebook after the fact. And I was like, oh, I know I know her from the show. And I kind of remembered. She shot with a couple of friends of mine before. There's a friend that I have in California who's, um, I'm trying to remember the screen name, Ryanson. Um, and she did the silk variant cover for them for Marvel recently. And the same lady did the photography. Anyway. So she reached out to me, saying that there was this crazy video opportunity, and just inquiring, she goes, were you considering making Nebula's second costume? And my entire brain started going berserk, and I went, I will if you want me to. What are we talking about here? Um, and she was like, we've got this crazy idea. Um, we're looking to start a new YouTube series and kind of expand on our old one called Marvel Becoming which is where we take cosplayers and costumers and we film the process of them getting ready from start to finish and becoming our characters. Would you be interested in that? And I was like, absolutely. You just tell me when. And that was a mistake because she goes, okay, well, when's the soonest you can do it? I was like, well, um, <laughs> I work full time and I also make everything by hand from scratch. Not a professional at all. I just do it in my kitchen. I was like, when is the <laughs> latest you could do it? And she gave me a deadline of three weeks. Ouch. Oh, so from start to finish, I had about three weeks time to not only find all of my materials, draft whatever I was going to make this out of, hand create, paint everything, including accessories, um, and relearn how to do this makeup all over again because Nebula looks slightly different in the new movie. Mm -hmm. It's kind of savage that they offered like, no help to you yeah. at all. Like, just go. So how about three weeks? And I was like, ugh. Uh, sure. <laughs> I'll just cry a lot, but we'll make it work. <laughs> Is that the fastest you put a costume together? Yes. Okay. Yes, that was it. And it's leather. It's a red leather spacesuit. That's the kind of thing like you need to be a professional in the industry yeah. to know how to work leather like that. And I'd never really worked with that before. So not only did I make it out of leather, I just kind of bitched out and used like upholstery vinyls and things like that were similar and looked like leather. <laughs> so I'm basically a walking couch. Um, if I describe what that costume is made out of, it's all just different upholsteries. But so three weeks time, I managed to somehow, by the love of whatever, find everything. And what really helped was about halfway through that process when I asked really, really nicely, I was like, okay, so all I have right now to make this costume are cell phone pictures that I took of a cardboard cutout of a movie theater. Is there any way you could send me like a couple of things, like from different angles, since 
there's obviously no back shots of her, no shoe shots of her. Like, I want to make this screen accurate because if they're entrusting me to do something like this, I need to make sure, again, I cannot fuck this up. <laughs> like, if there's anything riding on anything right now, it's this. Like, this is the coolest opportunity. I do not want to blow it. So she went above and beyond, like started emailing the producers, the higher ups and asked really nicely. And they put together a nice little digital package for me, threw me onto their secure file sharing network. And I got to see behind the scenes pictures of the actors on set, people standing with color swatch test photos. Like it was out of body experience, like shots from the makeup artist of like all the different angles of her face, getting different lighting and different color tests and I was like, oh, my God, not only is this going to help my costume actually get built, I get to see now (laughs) that Karen in the second movie did not shave her head for Nebula. She still Mm -hmm. had her hair. She had shaved it in the first movie, got excited, shaved all her hair off, and they were like, oh, we could have put a bald cap on you. She was like, well, fuck. So (laughs) the second time around, she kept her hair. And I learned from looking at those makeup pictures that there's a full face prosthetic on that woman, like from her temples of her eyes all the way across her cheeks and down, like it's a full face cap. So my struggle was justified because I'm like, how the hell did they put a, a bald cap so seamlessly on her head? Anyway, so I, I learned so much from those pictures. I ended up building the damn thing somehow by the deadline. And then the fun part was, is they go, okay, we're going to shoot on a Sunday. No options around that. And I was like, okay, I need to get a substitute then because if I need to go on a Friday or whatever, I need to make sure I can leave work and you know be back in a decent amount of time. Couldn't find a sub for that Monday. So I was like, I'll just suffer. It's fine. So we end up driving to LA, go to this amazing studio, Funko Studios, um, which is a guy who's really big in the industry. He's the man who created all of the uh, puppetry for James and the Giant Peach for Night Before Christmas. So walking into his studio was like out of body experience because I'm looking around and I'm seeing like actual Mando armor that was used on screen for Star Wars. And I looked at the actual peach from James and the Giant Peach and like it was in a glass case and it was unreal. And I'm a huge Galaxy Quest That's, that's super cool. I'm yeah. Just, I'm yeah. Not gonna oh, please okay, freak just... out. Yeah. <laughs> please freak out. Like, I have pictures. I'll show them to you. It's, it's unreal, the things that I saw in those cases. Well, because James and the Giant Peach is another one of my, like, personal, like, favorite children's movies. Because I read yeah. the book, and I was like, and then, like, the movie came out for it, and I thought it was a very faithful representation yes. of it. So I just fell in love with it. That was great. Oh, my gosh. And it had James. It had, like, the Lady Spider. And, like, it had all of the puppets just chilling in a case. And I'm like, is this place under lock and key? Because it better be. Like, the <laughs> amount of valuable, amazing on-screen stuff you have yeah. here. And I was, I'm was, i a huge Galaxy Quest freak. And this is the same guy who made, like, the, the, the ship models for, like, the NES Protector. And, like, mm-hmm. Like, I was boning walking around the studio, <laughs> let me tell you. Like, lost my mind. So, in between the takes and everything, I'm just drooling like a child and having the guy who ran the studio kind of walk me through and explain everything. It was, like, a personal tour of this place. So we spent um, about nine hours actually filming this makeup process. They hired a really amazing um, makeup assistant. Well, she's a makeup artist. She came to assist me with my body painting from New York. They flew her in. Um, her name is Mia Tamlin. She's incredible. And she's worked with Marvel a lot. So she's like one of those go-to gals for on-screen makeup and off-screen makeup. She works for Art of Wigs. Like, there's a lot going on. Oh, wow. So she came to help me paint myself more accurately and help with any things I couldn't reach behind my head because... Normally, my makeup artist assistant to help me with ball capping is my dad. <laughs> so I'm like, glue me! And I'm like holding it over my head. And we're just, again, we're no professionals. So having her be there and teach me how to do this on a professional level was so eye-opening. She taught me all sorts of new tricks. So it was the best nebula I've ever put on. And there were giant cameras, like, looked like it came straight off the movie set. There was a whole team of people there to film me. And it was truly, like, one of the coolest things I've ever done. And it was all because they found me on an Instagram tag and they filmed me in all different angles. My beautiful costume that I had slaved over was put onto a nice mannequin and they filmed the details of the costume. So I just felt so validated to know that like all of my hours and hours of crying and hand painting little line work and distressing and everything else was being appreciated on a really big, you know, big way. So they made the video um, and I was the first of three episodes that they filmed that weekend. They filmed the Nebula they filmed Mantis the second day, which is actually the makeup artist. They transformed her into Mantis. And then they filmed the Yondu. So those three episodes you can actually see on Marvel's YouTube channel if you go under their new little um, playlist that they've made of Marvel Becoming. Oh, it's the first episode. So nice. they used it. The, the craziest part of all of this is they used the little, um, I guess, what would you call it? Like the marquee that they promote the film with, like the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. It's like space and it zooms into the screen as like a real promo thing. They casually threw that at like the end of my video. 
So not only did they like credit me and all of the people, and then the screen goes black and up comes like the twisting words of Mar or uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two in theaters May fifth. And I was like, wow, it's <laughs> real. It's real in this moment. Like they threw me in with their actual promotion. They used it to promote the movie. Oh, nice. So unfreaking believable. So you've been talking about you worked with at Disney. Yeah. Were you a faith character? Oh no, I wish I was. I wish I was. That would be so much fun. Um, and of course that's a dream too, but I, I'm a face character, I guess, in my own way here in Arizona because I do do the princess parties and help out right. and that sort of thing. But, um, yeah, no, I was a submarine captain on Finding Nemo. Sweet. <laughs> I drove nice. submarines. Sweet. And my had mom had a panic attack on that right? Oh, that's okay. <laughs> do you want to know what's even funnier? I'm terrified of the ocean. Oh, oh. wow. Oh, terrified. Why would they do that to you? Because they thought it'd be funny. No, <laughs> it was a random, it was a random selection process because I was part of the Disney College program. Oh, okay. I yeah. wanted to be in attractions, which meant the rides, and then from there they just kind of decide where to put you. And I've got my fingers crossed in my head going, anything but email, anything but email, anything but email. What I get? Nemo. And you had a positive experience? Uh, the best ever. Yeah. Like, I got over myself really quickly. I had my little pity party to myself. Like, I'm going to die under the water. Oh, my God. But... You know, it's it's really amazing. And those submarines are the original subs that were used mm -hmm. when Walt was still around. Like, they repainted them and rethemed them for Nemo, but it used to be 30,000 leagues, 30,000 leagues, 20,000 leagues under the sea. So, fun fact for a time, it was the largest submarine fleet in the country. It was, yep. yes. I learned that fun fact when I, when I worked there, too. And um, all the subs have names. And so, what's really neat is what people, most people don't know about fighting Nemo is they are completely piloted by hand. They are on a track, but you drive those things. Like, mm -hmm. you can <laughs> crash them into each other, which I may or may not have done one off an accident. Um, crash, like, a million-dollar submarine into another million-dollar submarine oh, on wow. accident. It happens. It happens on accident, but they don't like it. Um, so, yeah, there are eight subs, and they all have their own names. And you actually climb um, from where the guests enter. There's a little platform. You stand up on this little ladder, and you hand control that thing. There's all these, like airplane-esque controls all around you to control like the the volume the the headset the the everything and then the forward thrust and the backward thrust the parking gauge like the 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 um what the heck am i saying the, the horn the, the latch the, like the la yeah the latches like mm -hmm. let people in and out so it's entirely piloted by hand i had to be trained for weeks and weeks and weeks to know how to run that thing wow. so it was way fun and so I was a submarine captain, and then they were like, Amber, you talk so much. Why are we locking you in a sub all day? Like, you need to be interacting with people. You're just, like, contagious energy. And I'm sorry. I quite literally never shut up, and I'm staring oh, into your right. eyes and hoping that you're not glazing up. No. No. But, but, but I will say this. We do have to take a short break. Yeah, Got well, to play some commercials. Do it. Play um, some commercials. But we will be right back with more of Amber's Go for it. I never stop, so let's cut it off now. Okay, now? Now? Now. Now. now? Okay, now. Okay, now. 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 Clever Art Studios has 15 years of experience with clients like NASA, the Arizona State Museum, Discovery Channel, Science Channel, and the National Geographic Television. She has skills in animation and illustration. You can find her at Facebook and LinkedIn. And she has her own website, www.cleverartstudio.com. Hey everybody, Ed Vanderly here, the host of 1980-something. Do you love the 80s? Did you live through the 80s? Do you miss the 80s? Every week we celebrate the decade of decadence right here on Star Worldwide Network with 1980-something. We take you back in time. We talk about music, movies, TV, fashion, the games, whatever comes to mind. So join me here each week on 1980-something on Star Worldwide Networks. That's the fact, Jeff! That's the fact, Jeff! All right, we are back, and of course, in studio, we got Amber Skies. Welcome again. Hello. <laughs> so, yeah, so we were talking a little bit, a little bit about the experience. I know we got a, a your experience with Marvel. Yes. I, I know uh -huh. we got we got a little 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 sidetrack towards Very. the end there, um, but I know that actually kind of brought up uh, this uh, most recent Phoenix Comic Con yes. as well. Uh huh. So the reason that Nebula existed in the most recent time that she's kind of been in the limelight was because. Phoenix Comic Con, as well, was one of my most 
I will probably say that every time forever, but it was one of my favorites. Um, and that was this past summer when we had Phoenix Comic Con 2017. Mm -hmm. And it was my, truly, my very first time, like, competing solo in, like, a real cosplay contest. Like, I, you know, kind of dibbled around in little free cons or just helped out here and there. But I'd never, like, seriously competed solo. So I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to bring this nebula that I worked so hard and slaved over with to make with Marvel and actually see if this new version kind of holds up too. And the movie was right at the height of its popularity, and I knew it was just now or never. It was a good time to kind of show it off to the world. Um, and so right as Phoenix Comic Con was going on, we had the whole conundrum going down with the no weapons policy mm -hmm. and all that not-so-fun stuff. But um, I ended up, instead of bringing in my Nebula pistol to compete that day, I brought in a, oh, God, what is it called? It's just like a little, it's not like a rutabaga, but like a little random leak-looking thing that I bought from the grocery oh, yeah. store. So I could have the gag on stage once I competed of taking a bite, spitting it out, and going, it's not right. <laughs> I went to the store, bought this unknown plant thing, and I was like, I don't know what this is, but I would bite into it later. It was like an onion of some kind, and it had a little tufts on it. So I was like, no, no, no pistol needed today. I'll just I'll yeah. play the funny part instead. So I ripped my own track from the um, soundtrack. I practiced my little routine. I went in, did my pre-judging, went up on stage, and I actually competed in the Masters category. So I was like, okay, this is a Master build. Granted, I don't have like the Master experience of competing, mm -hmm. but I would say that it's probably third square that I go in this category. Yeah. Um, and I did the whole thing, ran up on stage, bit the leak, spit it out, and I did this like yell into the audience, and the, the judges like ate it up. And they gave me Best in Masters that time. So uh, Best in Show actually went to this incredible... Um, I want to say, oh, I can't remember what group it was. They were they were an amazing group, but it was a big group cosplay, mm -hmm. um, just out of this world costume. So like they totally knocked it out of the park, and they took best in show, which was perfect. And I got best in masters, and I got this big beautiful shiny cup. And nice. It was, like, my little trophy. It was my very first like cosplay trophy, and I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like a big kid. So it was amazing, and that was. Yeah. Amazing start to the summer. Well, to to win something like that, especially in a con as big as Phoenix Comic Con yes. is, is it, that, that's that's nothing to you know to point a finger at. That's just that's big. I I certainly liked to think so. I was like, wow, like I could really like continue to do this. And granted, it will not always go as well as it has for me. And mm -hmm. like I completely get that. And so I'm like so thankful. I just think it really just comes down. I'm just so excited and so thankful that it, that it has been an amazing 2017 forever <laughs> so it may not always be as amazing as 2017 but i'm just really I, I don't do this for the winning i do this for the love of spreading this crazy little hobby and this weird little niche that we've all created by going to cons and the nerd community and some of the best people you'll ever meet are going to be walking the halls of the con oh, so yeah. and i just i'm excited that what i do spreads love even further and if my reach can help pull people into this and go wow I can do this too or I don't have to be an expert to do this I can quite literally be a girl in my kitchen making things for marbles so dreams do come true kind of so my big question was basically in this case is do you plan on doing more traveling or more distant cons or just local cons you know it's been local up until this time because it all comes down to that very obvious factor of money <laughs> working on teacher budgets is, mm -hmm. is painful as is and so I'm in the process of moving and all sorts of things right now. So I would absolutely love to start traveling more. I'm very thankful for my followers on Patreon, actually. They make a lot of my costumes that I even do here locally possible because this elaborate builds and things that I do. I wish I could tone it down, but now I've set the bar so high for myself that I only want to do those crazy yeah. things. And so those cost a lot of money. And they are what allow me to actually keep doing what I'm doing at the level that I'm doing it at. Um, but to travel more is definitely a goal in the future. And I've actually been piggybacking off of a lot of my friends as I hear that they're going somewhere cool. Can I come sleep on your floor? It's usually like my <laughs> mantra of, can I come with you? So if I can get the time off, I would love to start, you know, following them where they lead. Because I've got a lot of friends that are vendors now. I've actually been starting to vend at cons myself a little bit. Um, buying little booths for myself mm -hmm. to sell my art prints because mm -hmm. I'm a painter as well, like I said. And your shots. Um, yeah, and then, then my cosplay shots. And so while the paintings go much better than the cosplay shots, because that's kind of the nature of the business, um, I'm just having so much fun immersing myself so much more lately in the community and not just being a con goer, but being a con producer, like helping the make whole the contact for the love. Yeah. The whole atmosphere is just awesome at a con, no matter what. And it's just infectious, the people around you, like the neighbors that you make, and you spend like four days sitting next to these people that like become really good friends after the fact. So oh, yeah. I've only done two shows now like where I've actually truly vended at 
And I had done a couple of library cons and small things like that before where I've helped out and I had like a free booth. But I recently did Game On Expo. That was where I had my big booth. Um, and then I just shared a booth with a dear friend of mine at Sabaton. So. And we were at both. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We were there. And you wandered right by me. So I was like, yay. And I had, <laughs> I had my chance to do both of those things. And I'm just hooked. I really am. Like, I was hooked before, but now I'm even more hooked to think, oh, wow. Like, if I actually spend a weekend vending, I can break even on most of my costumes. Yeah. This is great. Well, so. that's like with us. We're going to actually try to put a booth out in a couple of the cons now, too. Hopefully we'll be there and we'll just start bringing everyone in. Yeah. Hey, you're free for a moment. Yeah. Get over here, you. Yeah. Come here. Get over here, you. What, what, what do you do? Okay, good. Yeah, talk for five minutes. Okay, thank you. Or Bye. the favorite at cons. What are you? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that, 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 yeah. That's great detail. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm a criminologist, but today I'm dressing very <laughs> Or all those wonderful times where somebody just looks at you with full confidence, named you as the completely wrong thing. Yeah. I'm like I've tuxedo mask and Sailor Moon. like, Zatanna! Yes. Mm. To be fair, very, very similar with yes. the way that I style it. But I'm just kind of taking well, it. Which character in Avengers were you? Well, no, at, in, at Saba, I was uh, Snorlax, and I got called yeah. Totoro the entire time. Oh, It's no. like, oh, okay, I'll take I'm it. Snorlax. <laughs> See, it's like you don't blame them. Like, it's close enough. And if you're not as intensely immersed in this stuff as we oh, all yeah. are, clearly, it's like, okay, I forgive you, you're mortal. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what's been your favorite slash least favorite costume to take away? Oh, you know, I've got a favorite, definitely. And the favorite for... The emotional sake would be my first Sergeant Calhoun, because mm-hmm. that's kind of where it all started for me. It's like I'll always have a soft spot for that bulky armor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm in the process of hoping to remake it actually, because there's the Wreck-It Ralph sequel coming yep. out, and I have insider knowledge that Calhoun will happen without it in the new Ooh. sequel. Um, I may or may not have talked to the writer, director, and producer of Wreck-It Ralph at D23, and they told me themselves that, that would be a thing. So. I'm like, yay! They yeah, couldn't tell me much more than that, but they're like, I think you'll like it. So. Here's my email, just with me some of the comments. Yeah, yeah, right? And I'm like, well, I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Wife's single tear. Thank you. <laughs> so, but yeah, so Calhoun would probably be my most like sentimental for what she's brought to me. Nebula is a favorite because, oh my God, imagine if I'd have just given up on that costume group yeah. all those years ago and just said, well, I'll just not do it either. But I stuck to it and all this happened since. It was unreal. Um, most elaborate and most recent favorite, Takah, because well, yes. those crazy experiences. Least favorite. My least favorite that I didn't think was going to be my least favorite, but I've only worn it once just because I put it on and I was like, not for me. Jessica Rabbit. What made it your least favorite? Oh, you know, let's see. So it was not entirely handmade by me. It was just a Goodwill dress that I'd found that was covered in like these red fancy sparkly sequins. And I thought, Jessica Rabbit, this is great. She's fun. But the way, unfortunately, it just comes down to the culture of planet Earth, the way that people treat you when you're dressed as something like that is not the most fun. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole other podcast conversation in and of itself, the way that you can be kind of victimized by people. Oh, I yeah. don't let people do that to me. So the fact that I was at San Diego Comic-Con on Thursday, like just, I want. I didn't want to make it like the big show. It was just a for fun thing that I had wanted to do, and I did. I did. I tried to do like crazy accurate makeup because she's got these big garish eyes and all this crazy stuff going on. So I essentially looked like a drag queen, and that was what I was going for because she's so cartoon. She's got these yeah. enormous purple eyelids and these like big honking boobs and like these legs that go forever and these giant shoes. And it was fun, and I had so much fun doing it. But the way that people were looking at me and treating me. I realized, okay, this is not. I was just going through uh, Instagram and now I'm sitting there going, and there's Jessica Rabbit. She's great. I love her though. That's a, a, Alina. Alina. I don't Alina. Know. Yeah. Alina, that's I, I, actually, she's one I'm working on to uh, to get to the show. Oh, oh yay! Okay. Yeah. No, she's an absolute. Oh, I, I, I love. Her. Actually, I, I tried to meet up with her at Sabaton, and we just kept crossing paths oh. and didn't get didn't get to meet up. But no, Alina. She's, she's awesome. So nice. Like one of the nicest people I've ever met. And she rocks that, like, body confidence thing. Like, I guess I'm just not as strong of a person internally. And it, like, really kind of tore me up. I ended up putting on a sweatshirt halfway through the day at San Diego Comic-Con because of the way that people were, like, looking over here, like, being gross. Like, Mm -hmm. people that don't do cons all the time and then buy a ticket to go to San Diego and get handsy and get weird and make inappropriate comments. And, like, you know, while that, granted, I'm not one to judge people who are going to live the lives that they want to, but for me personally, that's not why I do cosplay. That's not my shtick. 
cosplay. I am family friendly. I am an artisan of what I do. And I feel like that costume, not only was it not showing off what I could do, it was showing off the wrong things that I wanted people to pay attention to. Um, But I really don't even post those pictures that often because I get kind of made fun of for it. People tell me I look like a drag queen. And I'm like, oh, that kind of hurts my feelings because I I made those choices intentionally. I didn't want to look like blah, blah, boom, attractive to you. I did it to look accurate. And I put on this crazy waist and strength, all this stuff to like, look like this crazy hourglass drawing of a character, and I thought it looked like it, but everyone was pretty negative in their reaction towards it. So, not that you should let people dictate how you feel about yourself, but I was like, yeah, that will not be one that I'm putting mm-hmm. on. I just realized how much of a geek I am, because I went through my Instagram, and I'm like, cosplay, 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 cosplay. Oh, that's all I yeah. do. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, celebrity. Cosplay, 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 cosplay. So, who's your favorite Disney princess to cosplay? Oh, Rapunzel. She's my favorite. I can see it. I can see it. And just, she's my favorite princess as is. I had a favorite princess my whole life, and it was Aurora, Sleeping Beauty, Mm -hmm. until until Lindsay came along. And I just fell hopelessly in love with her. And her story is, like, oddly similar to mine in some ways. And I was like, I look like her. I am her. She's adorable. I love this. And so whenever I get to do her for princess parties, or I have my own personal cosplay of her now, because... I spent forever making a giant glowing wig that went all the way to the ground. Oh, wow. That was one of my first wig builds, and it was a lot of fun. But she's she's definitely my favorite. She's so cute. I like nice. to sing, too, so it's always like, 7 a.m. the usual morning lineup. Like, all the actors. <laughs> yeah, I'm obnoxious, but I, I love fun. it. That's good. That's good. Is uh, costuming full-time or doing that full-time a goal for you? Oh, see, and that's a hard question, because I would love to make this full-time, but... The realisticness in that is is very slim. Um, I I think I could do it if I poured every ounce of spare time that I have into just self promotion because a lot of this is a game. It really is. Like you could be the most talented person in the world, and if no one knows about you, then no one ever will. Um, not no one, but like you know, you you won't get the reach that you deserve. And there are some people that I follow. Speaking of Instagram, that I'm just appalled that they don't have more reach. Because their stuff is bar none to some of the people that have the most followers in this world. And I just I mean, I'm like, I get so mad. I'm like, oh, that's so unfair. Like, you deserve to be seen. You deserve to be seen more than I deserve to be seen. Look at what you can do. Um, and so unless I spend every second of my spare hours into self-promotion, which I spend a lot of time on self-promotion as it is, because you got to in this little world. Mm-hmm. Um I would love to think that it will continue to grow naturally because I've gotten very, very lucky and a lot of my reach has just been naturally over time. People sharing what I've made, they take Oz, this is the Calhouns. And I'm a character actor, so I throw myself into every costume and every creation I do and I try to be that person. So it's been very lucky organically to reach the numbers that it has, but I would love to. Um, but I also should probably use that degree that I spend all that time going oh, to yeah. school. Oh, yeah. I don't need a college. Whatever, man, right? So, unfortunately, our time's getting short. Yeah, that's But, um, so, where can we find you next? I know that uh, th- th- there was this this big to-do on Facebook saying you were going to be at some Phoenix Comic Con <laughs> fan <laughs> fest this, this we don't know coming what up. that is. Yeah. Um, I... Very, very excited. It's my first big girl. I keep saying big girl like I'm five, but it's true. My first big girl guesting at a convention. So um, FanFest asked me to come out. They remembered me from the days of going to meet Karen for that first time. And they were like, oh, she'd be fun. The lady that's in charge of all of the guest work recently got a promotion. And now she's like, hey, you're going to come on out and be a guest now, right? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'd love to. So, yes, I will be there November 11th and 12th. Is that right? Yep. I believe so. Yeah, November 11th and 12th. Um, and I will have a table. I will be judging the masquerade costume contest. So if you're planning on coming out, please dress up, come and show me all your beautiful workings. And I just want to compliment the crap out of you and tell you how wonderful you are. That's what I'm good at. Um, and so I'll be judging the costume contest, running a couple panels and hanging out for the run of the show. And come by and see me if you'll be there. It'll be a good time. We're definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. be there. So you don't have a place to sit down. I have chairs and a table. Okay. Ooh, totally. Like, the con-goer's blessing. Please come sit down. And, and, and I'll, have, I'll have my camera, and we'll do a, a, a on-the-floor interview, oh, too. Oh, please, so. yes. I'll be dressed as the forest bear for Princess Mononoke. Ah, and giant and gingerbread silks that I built. I'll be about uh, seven feet tall. That's going to be fun. I, I, might, I might need to talk <laughs> to you. She did say she's bringing chairs. Because I, I have an idea that I actually want to do the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Oh, man. Do it. Yeah. I did that one with five. 
Yeah, but it's not going to be seven feet tall. I love it. Oh, but man. that was cute. Yeah, we'll that's make true. Some paint oh, yeah. You have to say that you're dating me. This is true. <laughs> she just wants to see him in the tailor outfit. Oh. <laughs> anyway. Actually, the moment you said you were a tuxedo mask, I was like, let's throw these guys in some fancy outfits. Why not? Really, if I'm gender tuxedo mask, you're Sailor Moon, and who would you be best as? Uh, that's up to you. You know, you're a Jupiter to me. Okay. Like I can a see badass that. bitch that's like gonna kick everybody's ass and bake you a pie to say sorry. Yeah, no, I was just saw this great uh, YouTube video coming from Ron Tina. Comparison video of Commando and Sailor Moon, where she kind of gets into the history and features and details about Sailor Moon. And as not a Sailor Moon fan, I found it really, really interesting to see the level of detail and thought that went into creating that show and crafting all the characters. And so, yeah, so I totally know what you're talking about when you're talking about <laughs> Sailor Moon. There you go. And, and if it's survived for this long, it's got just this I'm a huge Sailor Moon freak, so we could go on and on about that. Oh, but yeah. it's got such a huge following even to this day. Like a whole new generation of people have fallen in love with it. And I'm so excited that I can still buy stuff at Hot Topic. With yes. my girl's face on it. Ah. I was I was in a, a, a chat room earlier today on, on Twitch, and a anime got got up, and, uh-huh. they, and they turned. They're going, oh yeah, I like this, I like this, I like this. I to say, I used to watch. Uh, I think they called it uh, Star Blazers. Crickets. Nothing. Crickets. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, damn. Yeah. But yeah, it made it into a movie. I, I, I think I, if if Lady Beard did Sailor Moon, I could do Sailor I Moon. Love Lady Oh, he's a he's a friend of the show. We I, I actually got to interview him uh, last year, Sawatan, the day after Sawatan oh, finished no, I'm in out. his hotel room. Oh, stop! Ugh. And Ugh. like, like we spent like three hours together. Only thirty minutes of that was interview. Oh, actually, I actually just put that that, that interview mm-hmm. back up on SoundCloud because I, I put a bunch of our, our musicians oh, together. Yeah. Oh, I so. never got to meet him. I was like there screaming at concert. So, like, I, I was there. I, I was there front row with Media Pass, just literally pushed up right against the gate. So good. Um, so, where can we find you online? Yeah. Okay. So, um, I would say that probably my main platform is Instagram. So, it's Instagram. You can just do at Amber Skies Cosplay, all one word. Um, second most views that I kind of cross post to is Facebook. So, you can just go up into that search bar, type in Amber Skies Cosplay, it'll pop up there. Um, Twitter, I'm not so great about using, but it does exist. You can look up the Amber Skies, because Amber Skies was taken. Um, so the Amber Skies, uh, geez, I've got a YouTube channel you can look up if you really want to. I post some of my speed painting tutorials over there, because when I do my acrylic on canvas paintings, I kind of throw it into Microsoft Movie Maker and go, I here, I did one. this. I did do one yeah. just not too long ago, we're doing little uh, puddles around the, a boat. Oh yeah, yeah. It was the um the ducks from Lilo and Stitch. I drew I painted So yeah, I have a YouTube where I do some more art space stuff. So if you're really looking for like crafting tips, but really I guess the, the icing on top of the cake here is if you like really super love me for some reason, which I would be so honored that you do. Um I have a Patreon, which is what I mentioned earlier about how people can Come in and learn all of my deepest, darkest secrets, all of my tips for crafting. I film and kind of just relay to the public almost everything that I do and how I make all of these crazy things. So if you're looking for tips, if you're looking for silly behind-the-scenes stuff, and if you're looking for more of that one-on-one guidance, um, you can throw a dollar at me <laughs> for a month. Um, and I'm basically at your disposal to kind of help me, um, to help you do whatever you need to do. And it's a really great way to be a first-hand contributor to allow me to do amazing things. But I've been so lucky to do. Oh yeah. So yeah, that's that's shameless plug. But you know, if you really are feeling like we're, you want to be a bigger part of it, you can. We're we're all about the shameless plug. Good, here. good. We're all shameless here. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. And when everyone is shameless, then there's no shame. Exactly. Well, I thank you again for joining us. Thank you so much and, for having me. And I, I I can already tell we should we should have you back for another show. Oh, oh beers. Oh yeah. Yes. Yes. Beers. <laughs> beers. <laughs> There, there's our oh, drunken podcast for next time. Yeah. That's actually one. Yeah. We're, we're, tokens are going used. I mean, we have like a whole stack of tokens that we haven't used yet. We're, we're actually in talks with the grid. We actually oh, might be doing our next show from there. Nice. And if they get back to us. If they get back to us here soon. And uh, Cobra would be a good one to, to check Heck up yeah, too. Absolutely. Yeah, let's, let's do this. Well, have me back. This is not the end. Totally. Not the end. Just respond to an email. <laughs> Disclaimer: I'm the worst in the world at answering any sort of media. So just bother me incessantly, and I swear it won't get answered. Don't ever send me any messages on like Facebook or DM because they'll just go. Unnoticed. Yeah. <laughs> if it pops up, I see it. So. Awesome. You guys are great. Awesome. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. I appreciate you listening to my babble for like an hour or so. Well, of course.
And uh, of course, like I said, we're all about the shameless plug. So make sure you follow us on Facebook, Conair Radio One, uh, Twitter, Conair Radio, Instagram, Conair Radio, uh, SoundCloud, iTunes. Google, Google Play, Play, and of course, the Star Worldwide Network. Our buddies, we got to get those in there. And of course, also, if you guys want to help us out as well, we also have a Patreon page. We're, of course, uh, revamping it here. We want to make sure to get a little bit more uh, involved with you guys. And uh, we want to do, actually, Jess and I were talking about doing some cosplay tutorials as yes. well. Yes. It works. I tell you. We're thinking about it. when you guys sign up to give us some money at once a month, telling you guys what we're doing, how we're doing it. So. Doesn't it just sound awful, but you know what you're trying to say? Oh, yeah. Give me money, and I swear it'll be worth it. <laughs> I will tell you what you will see me wearing at the next con if you give me money. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what it is, but you probably won't even won't even know it. It's my the one I'm working on for FanFest that I might hopefully finish before Halloween, too. Wasteland Ghostbuster. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah, Mad Max Absolutely. meets Ghostbusters. I'm gonna hold you to that because those are two of my favorite movies. All right, I, I, I actually just brought bought the uh, the the proton pack from Spirit Halloween. Yes, I have been seeing that all over Instagram. Mm-hmm. People are losing their shit over it, that thing. I, I I kid you not. I went to I went to the Spirit Halloween Superstore uh, at Tempe Marketplace. I had just ordered it online. I kept hearing back order, back order, back order. You're not gonna get it in time for Halloween. Walked into Spirit, saw it right there. Literally grabbed it. And there was actually somebody, not even 10 minutes later, was like, so my son wants to be a Ghostbuster for Halloween. He's not dying. Thank you. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, no, because I, I didn't actually say that. But I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I need this. This is what like, I need in my life. Loser. Yeah. <laughs> I, I picked it up first. We do not wish people to die. No, no. <laughs> yeah, no. But uh, so, yeah, definitely that's something I really want to want to share with people. That's awesome. So. All right. Well, once again from Conair Radio, we will catch you guys next time. Bye-bye. Good night. Stay safe. Stay safe. You're listening to Star Worldwide Networks, where you can host your own radio show. If you're looking for a way to get out your message, welcome to the future. Dave Pratt's Star Worldwide Networks offers you the opportunity to use our state-of-the-art studio to create your very own radio show. Our experienced and helpful production staff will help you every step of the way. Our free mobile app allows your listeners to take your show with them and play it live or on demand. Even if you're not in Arizona, we've got you covered with Skype technology so you can broadcast from anywhere in the world. Whether you're in it to grow your business, make a statement, deliver a message, or just have fun hosting your own show, Star Worldwide Networks can make it happen. Star Worldwide Networks, where you are the star. For more information, just visit us at StarWorldWideNetworks.com. See trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, Bullshit! What a wonderful world. Where are you going? I'm going to pick a fight. Don't be too proud of this technological terror you've constructed.